I'm terrified of babies. That's a way and, to start. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a that's a real hot <laughs> way to start here. But let, let, let me explain myself first. So, okay. like, I'm not I'm not terrified of like babies as like human beings. I'm terrified of the potential to drop them. Like okay. it's the it's the Fair. only it's the only like stage and age where that is the actual reality. And yeah. like I don't I don't know if this is real or not. But like, if you drop a baby, do you go to prison? Like, um, is, is that like child endangerment? Depends if it was like malicious. It's it's not malicious, but it's definitely ignorant. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you go, if it's ignorant, I feel like you go to jail for that. Yeah, I, and I'm like, yeah. man, I I would be. I, Two I know to five that, years. There have been parties that, that I'm at where it's like, hey, well, what's the reason you would go to prison? I'm like dropping a baby. One, 100%. That would be the reason. <laughs> because like the reality is like I'm almost 26 years old and okay. I've only held a baby like once or twice in my life. And that's just because like, I, I feel like grow- that's I feel like that's not OK. I mean, it's like I, I did. I, <laughs> I'm not saying it's not okay, but it's like I uh, I didn't grow up around kids, and like my sister is 15 months younger than me, so there wasn't like an ability to. Well, that's I, fair. I didn't, didn't hang around kids. Um, they don't teach you how to hold babies in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like learning how to do your taxes. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> you don't do actually learn how to, to do it. Yeah, like there, right, there's not right. a, there's not a reason for me to right now. Yeah. But I'll uh, I'll never forget the first time I actually had to hold a baby. It was my senior year of college. And my college basketball team, we were over in Zimbabwe playing the Zimbabwe national team. And there was this like tradition they warned us about before we played the team. And they're like, hey guys, just a heads up. After the game, when you're taking photos, they will come up to you and hand their children to you. And it's like- Just randomly? Just randomly. It's like, they just want a photo. (laughs) They'll hand their children to you. Just take the child. Don't argue. Smile. Give it back. Move on with the day. Smile and Um, wave. Smile and wave. Hold the babies. Take the photos. And that moment, I was like, oh, dear God, this is my worst nightmare. Because like I've built this up in my head now. Like, just don't drop the baby. Don't drop the baby. And I'm like, I won't last in prison. And so, like, (laughs) the the game is over. And we're, we're, we're smiling. We're taking photos. And sure enough, this, this dad walks around the corner and I see him make eye contact with me. And I was like, don't you come near me. And he, <laughs> You're like he, inching backwards. Yeah. I was like, don't, don't you come near me, sir. And he walks up to me, doesn't say a word. And he just hands me his small child and smiles. And I'm like, yeah. okay, th- this is it. And stuck. I, I'm stuck. And I didn't know much about babies at that moment, but I do know like their necks are really floppy. <laughs> And so I know, I know their heads need to be like firm, firmly established. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I didn't really know how to hold the baby, but I was like, that baby's head will be secure if it's the last thing that I do. And so the way way that I secured it, I like cupped its butt and Mm -hmm. I had like, I laid his back on my forearm and then with like a claw hand. I just grabbed the top of it. <laughs> like a vending machine. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? This this doesn't look right, but that baby was secure. And and somewhere on this planet, there's a photo of me with very real fear in my eyes, trying not to drop that baby and just holding it in the most ridiculous way possible. You, I don't think you understand how much money I would pay. <laughs> Bro, I want that, to photo get that photo too. I really, so here, here's the thing. I know we have uh, like strangely enough an international audience for this. If that man is somehow listening to this podcast, please, please, please send me that photo. Please, please you'll send know. me that photo. Just look at, look, you'll know. I want, they, I want the nothing else. Scared. <laughs> I'm scared. We're all hey, scared. 
we all have photos that we're not happy about that like exist in the world. Okay. And at least, at least your photo isn't plastered in the school hallway in which you attended (laughs) because I have a, I have a picture of me on the wall at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. And it's the, the school. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the worst. It was they took that picture on one of the worst days of my life. Well, here's the thing. It's not a bad photo of you. It's like the story. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty bad photo. OK, it's, it's on a it's on a mission trip and everybody's loving Jesus. Everybody's excited to be there. And Victor yeah. literally just looks like somebody just like kicked his dog. Yeah. And he's, he's just angry and sad and doesn't want to be there. And it's a fantastic photo. It, yeah. it's, it spurs me on to love Jesus every time I see it. <laughs> every time the only I see reason, it. The only reason I enroll in classes there is so yeah. that I can walk the hallways and, and <laughs> attempt to steal that photo off the wall yeah. so that I can I can throw it in fire. I've really thought about just like grabbing a Sharpie and just writing like right beside it. Like the joy of the Lord is my strength <laughs> or, or like just some other like, note. yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> other like cliche coffee mug Christian saying. Hey, Um, because it really is a fantastic photo. It's I'm wearing pink gloves because I thought it was funny. And then I got a phone call that that told me my car was totaled. (laughs) I was going to be charged four thousand dollars a day if I didn't come pick it up. I'm like eight states away. It's all right. (laughs) So look at the Lord. I was dependent on Jesus there in that moment. There was a lot of prayer. There's a lot of prayer. And uh, since I'm in charge of the transition, that was pretty good because we're talking about prayer today. What is up, y'all? My name is Victor, and I'm a student pastor at a local church in North Carolina. And my name is Reagan Jones. I'm also a local student pastor at a church in North Carolina. And welcome to Sanctified-ish Conversations with Pastors Who Have Not Figured It Out. And as Vic said there, today we're talking about prayer. And I think the reason we even started off with that like kind of stupid story about me holding babies is because I think in a very real sense in that moment, like my prayer life has never been stronger than it was right there. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like, dear Lord, do not let me drop this. And it's request, it's petition. And I think those are very, very good things. Like the Bible makes it very clear to like uh, Philippians four, like bring our request before God. Yeah. Like it, to, to, to petition is a godly thing. However, is that the purpose of prayer? Yeah. And so I think that's where a lot of us would land and like, hey, like, uh, uh, honestly, like pray, pray for my grandma in the hospital, um, pray for peace, pray for so and so. But is petition, is, is that really the purpose of prayer? And so that's what we're going to open up today. Yeah. And I love uh, and, you know, going into this, we're we're kind of attacking this topic in a different way than what we normally do. Yeah. We're breaking this up into three kind of like sections. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. And today's section is specifically on the purpose of prayer. And I like how we're breaking them up this time, because I feel like we could ramble for an hour about prayer. Yeah, like we could, honestly. but if we structure them this way and we, we attack it from a different angle each time, I feel like the conversation will be a lot more beneficial. Yeah. And so I'm really I'm really excited. So if you have to set the forecast for us for the next three episodes, today is the purpose of prayer. What can people look forward to after this one? Uh, after this, it's just going to be like, OK, well, if we're going to talk about like I would just say flat out, like the purpose of prayer is just to be with God. And so we're going to talk about today, like, what does it actually mean to be with God in prayer? 
uh, next week, we're just talking about the power of prayer and just the, the power that actually prayer has, not not necessarily to change God's heart, but to change ours, to change things around us. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we're going to talk about like just the practical way that we do this. Because I, th- I think that's like one of the biggest aspects is that, like, yes, there may be a desire to prayer, uh, but what the heck does that actually look like and how do yeah. we do this? And we're going to dive into all of that. It's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I'm stoked. And so today purpose of prayer i like i like how you kind of phrased it there in summary but if you had to give us like if you had to give us like a sentence statement as to what the purpose of prayer is how would you summarize that uh it's funny you actually mentioned that so there's this author named cam thompson and he wrote a book called master secrets of prayer and this is kind of what he said This is what he said about prayer and just prayer books in general. He says this, he says, we have an enemy who will send late hours so that we cannot have early risings. He will even Mm -hmm. let us take courses in prayer and read books on prayer. So long as we do not pray. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I think sets the tone for a lot of this. Yeah. That I think prayer is something we hear sermons on prayer. Some things that we have classes in, Prayer is things that like we talk about in our staff meetings. And here's the thing, like the enemy loves those yeah. as long as they keep us from actually praying. And so like the purpose of prayer is to pray. It is to be with God and the enemy would love everything. Um, he would love anything else than for us just to simply be with God because when we're with him, we get a right view of who he is and therefore we get a right view of ourselves and those extended times of prayer um, they're incredibly, incredibly valuable to us. Yeah. I heard the phrase one time, something along the lines of if Satan can't stop you from getting saved, he will do everything in his power to stop you from being used by God. And I think, I think that plays here because prayer is one of the fundamental like aspects of the Christian life. It's one of the ways that we commune with Jesus. And if Satan can take that away if he can distract us from it, if he can pull us away from one of these fundamental things in a Christian life, then like he's gotten us out of the game. Like yeah. in a lot of ways, he he's won over that section of our life without yeah. that. Like we can't commune with our heavenly father. And I mean, that's why it's so fundamental. Well, and I think even it's like, it's not like <laughs> I've, I, there to an aspect Satan does this, but like I think that the, the biggest inhibitor to us praying is a lack of a desire for God. That's good. And like, like there are times where like Satan will throw obstacles in our path. There are times where he'll make us busy, but at the very end of the day, like does he actually have to throw us off our course? Because we are so far away from him in the first place that like yeah. he, he doesn't even have to touch us. He doesn't have to attack us because there's nothing that would draw us to God in the first place. And so I think even like before we even talk about prayer, like prayer is one of the ways that we commune with God. Um, It's also a a jump starter for intimacy with him. And so it's kind of one of those things. It's a both and. And I think there's actually a really kind of unique way to illustrate this. But uh, we've had like a a, a long couple of weeks, um, at least I have. And so I came into this week super tired, super gassed, um, just not my morale wasn't very high. And. The, the, the church that, that we're at, um, our campus did a staff prayer retreat where for three days we went away and we just prayed 
And when I tell you that was the most inconvenient, obnoxious thing I'd ever heard in my entire life, like <laughs> walked in, I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. I'm really tired. Yeah. Like I just want a day off. And we got there and the first passage of scripture we read through was Psalm 23. And as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Like he forces me. And for the next three days, I had a lot of things that I had to do, but I had nowhere else to be other than to just sit with God. And like that forced space grew my desire and intimacy with God because like I wasn't walking into that week on fire for the Lord. Like prayer was not this overflow of my desire for him. Prayer was actually the starting block. Yeah. And I, I think that's where when we're talking about like the desire for God, like, Hey man, praise God. Maybe it's the overflow for you, but maybe like a lot of the times we struggle to pray because we are waiting for the fire to be stirred within us to therefore go pray. But man, yeah. sometimes prayer is a starting block, not the finish yeah. line for our, for our desires for God. I literally, so when students come to me and they ask me, Hey Victor, I'm just, I'm struggling right now. I don't desire to read my Bible. I don't desire my relationship with God. I just, I just don't think it's worth it. Like there's no fire in my heart to be with Jesus. What should I do? And my first answer every single time is that you, whether you want to or not, need to pray a very practical prayer. And it's something as simple as this. Jesus, make me want you. Yeah. Like make me lie down. Yeah. In green pastures, make me lie down by still waters because like Jesus is faithful to hear and know those prayers. Like Psalm 86 is, is a Psalm that I absolutely love. And what David says in that Psalm is basically like your servant has been hurting. Your servant has been yeah. suffering. Lend me your ear. God, yeah. listen to your servant who is in pain. And God is faithful to do that. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I love what you just said that, yes, prayer is oftentimes and can be an overflow out of the fire that is stirred within our heart. But like prayer is also something that God can use to stir our affections yeah. for Jesus. And I think that's why prayer is so monumental to the Christian's life, because yeah. whether you're on fire for him or whether you want nothing to do with Jesus, prayer is at the foundation of both of those things. And that's yeah. why it's so important. Yeah. And so I, I think if there's someone listening to this, it's like, hey, like I want that. But practically I got five minutes in the morning and I'm getting up before school and I got to cram yeah. in five minutes. Man, what does it look like to actually set aside time? Like if, if we're going to be with God, is five minutes enough? Do we need to be a monk and go out camp in the woods for five hours? I mean, what, what does that actually look like? If our goal is to be with God, what does that actually look like for people in their schedules? Yeah. One of the things that my pastor has kind of like shepherd, shepherded me through over the past couple of months is these things called breath prayers. And breath prayers are essentially this thing what you could be waiting in line at Walmart to get your groceries. You could be at a fast food restaurant. You could be in your car. You could be walking into a meeting, whatever it is. You have one second. You have enough time to breathe. And so what my pastor says is, well, you have enough time to pray. And so each that. day he will pick something, something so simple. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Jesus, thank you for the cross. And for that day. Any moment that he finds himself waiting, I love that. Any moment that he finds himself like with a breath of time that he has to himself, he will pray that and he'll make that a habit. 
And yeah. so after a couple of weeks of doing this, like literally it will just be second nature for you to pray while you breathe. And it's just this habit that he's built. And so that's one yeah. thing that he's taught me that's been really beneficial. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't set time aside to spend with Jesus because extended oh, yeah. periods with God are extremely important. And so that's not to say that, but if you find yourself saying, Hey, I just don't have time. You have given yourself over to a lie of Satan because you have yeah. time for a million other things. And Jesus is the most important thing. So <laughs> well, there's something that you got to shift out of your schedule that you have to change yeah. up. There's something that you have to do to make time for your relationship with Jesus. Well, bro. And I think that's the biggest thing that I think God showed me these last three days. Um, and it's that like I had, I had a lot of other things. This wasn't convenient. And I think yeah. as in total, we spent 16 hours in prayer. There's not 16 hours in my schedule to give to that. But I think what the Lord kind of revealed in me is that his sole desire is to be known. That's his yeah. sole desire. He already knows me completely and fully. Ephesians one already knows me in every single aspect, but I don't know him fully. And so his desire is to be known fully and to be made known fully. And if all I did for the rest of my life, I know there's a great commission. I know we're supposed to work. I know we're supposed to go. But if all I did for the rest of my life was open up my Bible and commune with God in the woods, that's enough. Yeah, it's, 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 that that is completely enough. And so I think like for a lot of us, there's this level of prayer that's just sitting before God, completely still, completely bare completely revealed and not and just saying, Lord, I'm here. And yeah. that is something this is, I struggle to get to that in five minutes. Yeah, I, 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 I really do. And I think this is what like long periods of time. I, I love that you just said this, like it's, it's probably not an everyday practice, but every once in a while, if you can get extended periods of time what that revealed in me, is just like the effects of sin. My heart cannot be still before the Lord. My mind can't be still. My attention cannot be still and focused on God when that's what it was designed for in the first place. Yeah. And so something very practically that has helped me get to the purpose, which is being with God fully is it like, I'll start off my prayers simply by dumping all my worries on him. Yeah. And it's literally Philippians four. It's if you're anxious about anything, this is for me personally, if you're anxious about anything, pray to God and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The Bible says, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I bring all my things, all my distractions, all the things that I'm worried about. I basically just word dump them on them, give them to him. And then I say, Lord, you've promised peace. Guard my mind the next blank amount of minutes and let me be with you. Yeah. And man, like that's like that's that changed so much in my prayer life because it's not bad to pray your anxieties. It's not bad to pray your worries and your needs. But there's an aspect of being with the Lord that he desires with far more than just answering our needs. Yeah, I I love that you hit on that, too, because I, I often hear this. And, and this has been something that I think the Lord has been just revealing in my own heart over the past couple of months. And, and there are like the purpose of prayers to know and be known by Jesus. And so, like, I think we've hit on that. But yeah. one of the things that I've seen me almost like a side effect of prayer has been that God has used prayer to humble me and yeah. prayer. Like when, when you 
take time to go to God in prayer. You're just, just you doing that almost admits, Hey, there's a lot of stuff in my life that I can't control. There's a lot of stuff in my life that I have no power over. Jesus, I worship you because of what you've done and I need you to enter into this situation. And so like when we pray, we are admitting that we are dependent on Jesus and you see that posture all throughout scripture. I think of Paul in Ephesians three, when he's praying for the church of Ephesus, it says that Paul got down on his knees and prayed for the people of Ephesus. When you get down on your knees, when you posture yourself that way, you're admitting humility. Like you are like, that is a posture of a servant to a King. Yeah. And that image reminded me of Daniel. And Daniel's like known for his prayer. He would take time three times out of the day. He would get down on his knees at his window in his home and he would pray. And if you're familiar with the story of Daniel, long story short, that becomes illegal. Daniel says, sorry, still going to do that. So he continues to pray. He ends up getting convicted of this crime that he broke the law that the king had put in place. And the king throws him into the lion's den. And King Nebuchadnezzar, what he says when he throws Daniel into the lion's den is so fascinating to me. He says, let the God that you pray to save you. And he throws him into the lion's den. I love that. And I mean, you can read the text. It says that the den was sealed. He was in there. Nebuchadnezzar came back. They rolled the the stone away. And Daniel was just chilling there, like playing cards with the lions. This is what <laughs> VeggieTales tells us, right? He's playing like Uno or something, right? And it's just like when we pray, like that's a posture of humility. And a lot of times humility is tandemed with weakness. But I think what we saw in the story of Daniel is that humility was actually tandem with like the power of Christ. And that is that is like the thing that we have access to when we submit ourselves to Jesus. And so I want to toss this back your way. And maybe this is a good way for us to round out tonight. Yeah, is a lot of times when we pray, it is us expressing our hearts, our needs, our desires, our wants to Jesus. And then we kind of just say amen and go on. Yeah. Is that the fullness of of prayer is that like is it just us spewing our stuff like just letting letting god have it for a couple minutes and then saying amen or is there is there some more aspects to what our time with the lord should look like no because i think the most important words in prayer are not the words that we pray to god but it's the words that he says to us and so like prayer is not our like trauma dump to god yeah. And like it's that's a very real aspect of it, but I think the biggest part of prayer is actually listening. Um I forget what the actual like statistic is, but like when it was talking about like successful conversations that it's like 95% listening, 5% speaking. And wow. I think prayer is honestly like pretty much the same thing. That my goal like God already knows everything that's on our heart, everything. And he wants us to tell him But the main goal of prayer is like one thing that's been helping me is like, all right, Lord, I've given all these things off my chest. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah. And literally opening up the floor for him and letting him speak. And and I think this is like, 
this is going to sound mystical and stuff like that, but it's like, it's not like the audible voice of God just automatically being like, yes, you need to go to Walmart today. <laughs> like it's like, I mean, some, sometimes, you, sometimes you don't, hear, you, can. you don't hear the voice. I mean, sounds like Morgan Freeman. Um, <laughs> like honestly, like that may happen and praise God for that. But I think yeah. for, for me, what's been helpful for that is like, all right, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to say right now? And man, my Bible's open. And the Lord will bring things that like maybe we were in my quiet time three or four days ago. He'll bring scriptures to my mind and then I'll just write them down and I'll pray through those scriptures. And sometimes like there've been times I'm like, I'll, I'll write a scripture down for that day and something will happen. And I'm like, man, I prayed that over myself four hours ago this morning. And I didn't know that was going to happen today, but the Lord did. And he brought that scripture yeah. to my mind and he anointed my mind and my heart and he gave me the peace. And I think those are the things in prayer that I so long to be the foundation of what we do that like, I, I just to sit and be still and know that he is God. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not necessarily talking about like John Mark Comer Zen. Like, I don't think we can all get there at all times and all places, but yeah. there is a way of just like, Lord, I'm here and I have other places to be, but there's no other place that I want to be other than here. And sometimes that prayer is like, Lord, make me desire to be here today. I don't have a desire to be here, but make it. Yeah, that's and we live and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the practical piece when we get there. But we live in such a fast paced world yeah. that we are conditioned to not be able to slow down. Yeah. And the practice of sitting down and clearing your mind and just being like even take like the spiritual prayer out of it, yeah. but just the practice of being still and resting yourself is such a good practice. And then when you tandem that with prayer and sitting with Jesus, yeah. man, you, you're right. You may not hear a voice, but you'll start to feel your heart being tugged at. Yeah. You'll start to feel those convictions. You'll start to remember that text that you read a couple of minutes ago that stirred your heart for Jesus. And now he's like making it a little bit clearer. You'll start to feel that, but it takes time and it takes discipline. And the thing that I, uh, the thing that I've realized about Christians and, and this is because of myself is that we so often struggle to build the discipline of it in. And so we ne we never give it time to get there. It's yeah. like, oh, I've given God five minutes today. I didn't hear anything. All right, I'm done. Yeah. And so the practice of being still and hearing from God is a practice that I think we need to we need to seriously get back. Yeah. Um, because it's been good for my own heart. And yeah, I, I just it's it's well, been super fruitful. It's like I think when you think about it, that it's like, all right, if prayer is like <laughs> prayer is one of the biggest ways that we can commune with God. It is one of the biggest ways that we can be with God and the devil knows that. And so like, we wonder why prayer is so hard <laughs> and it's like part of it is just because like our society is just moving so quickly and so fast that like we actually have to reset life rhythms yeah. because prayer is not conducive to our 21st century pace of life. Yep. And so it's not just, we can just like shove an ancient Near Eastern practice into 21st century and say, like you just said, well, I did it for five minutes. Great. Praise God. Like if five minutes is what you got, start with five minutes. But like, as John Mark Comer said to our staff a couple months ago, like that's not the, that's, that's not the standard of what I'm going to tell people to do. If that's what you got, that's what you got. Praise God. But like God wants more than your five minutes in the morning. And yeah. like that honestly does require moving some things around in our schedule 
because it's being with God. Yeah. And that, that, that's what he wants. And that's what the devil desires for us to not be at more than anything else. Well, and like in Ephesians six, Paul doesn't say pray for like five minutes a day and then you can like call yourself good. Yeah. Like Paul says, pray without ceasing. And we can take that however, whichever direction we want. But ultimately, that just means like live your life in a posture that is sensitive to the spirit so that you are ready to engage with Jesus at any point in time during your day. And it's like Paul is saying it's more than just checkbox. It's more than just attending church on a Sunday. It's more than just your five minutes in the morning or before you go to bed. It is about developing the lifestyle. That is sensitive to hear from Jesus at any moment during your day. Yeah. And that's an incredibly difficult discipline and practice to pick up. But that's what we're admonished to do in scripture. Well, I I will say this, like I suck at prayer. This is like, I think most of us would probably say that, that this isn't the thing that I think we struggle with the most. Um, But one of the things that's been like made painfully obvious to me over the last couple of days is that I've never done a prayer retreat. I've never been alone with God for that long before. And one of the things that I felt like Paul's words in the new Testament of like, there's a war between the flesh and the spirit. (laughs) And like, I felt that very, 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 very tangibly. And what that just like showed me so clearly is that like, I felt that tension because my flesh was being denied. And I was realizing that my spirit could not just simply be still before the Lord. Yeah. The, like the effects of sin have not just distorted my life to the point where like I choose to do wrong things, but it's like my mind, my heart, my body cannot do the thing it was created to do, which is be intimate with God. Yeah. And so I felt that for the last three days, but that's not how I normally feel. And so what that shows me is that like, I'm actually not denying my flesh enough to feel that tension and that war within and so like, maybe it's something like fasting. Like I've, I've never really like done fasting or at least taken it seriously, but those are yeah. little things where it's like fasting from food or fasting from the internet or fasting from your phone for like maybe something like four hours that is like, God, I desire you more than I desire this thing. Um, yeah. and in those moments, like you'll feel that tension of why is this so hard? And honestly, like that shows us a bigger picture of just the reality of the brokenness of creation, but also the grace that God has still given us a way to commune with him and the hope that one day we can stand before the throne in perfect intimacy and communion with God and our attention will be nowhere else other than him and our hearts will be nowhere else other than to love him. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm excited for this little three part series that we're doing. If if you guys are interested or have any questions as we're recording these, please send them our way. We want to be able to address questions. Maybe we do the three part series and then like episode four is like a and a type episode, whatever, yeah. whatever y'all want. Let us know. Sanctified ish at gmail.com. Um, we would love to engage and talk with y'all um, real quick before we go. Because we're, we're at our 30-minute threshold here. There you go. Um, you may have noticed 
that we dropped a different type of content last week. It's something that we call sanctified shorts. Before I tell you about the cool thing about sanctified shorts, I want to talk about the really cool thing about sanctified shorts. So uh-huh. in Reagan and I's relationship, Reagan is the creative one. He's the communications major. He went to school for this. Like he is the communications pro. And so anytime we're like working on sermons, trying to come up with like sticky statements or whatever, like he's the go to. He crushes it. It's the best thing that he's great at. It. Yeah, and it's so not, you would it's not think, loving Jesus. It's creativity. You think? <laughs> you would think that's, that's the thing. You would think the sanctification shorts were yeah. his idea. The name? No, they were my idea. I'm so proud. I'm going to take the credit. So I've never felt this good about myself ever. So the well Lord done. has really used it to to really lift me up <laughs> um, to the point to where he's going to oppose me here in the next couple of weeks. So right. really excited for that one. Um, but we really like this type of content and we think it's not going to be our primary form of content, but yeah. we may drop a couple of like sanctification shorts in the middle of the week. If we just want to hop on and got something quick to say, if you guys send us questions, we yeah, just keep an eye out for them. They may yeah. come out midweek. We'll schedule them. So I'm I'm pretty excited for those. But on Fridays, you can expect your normal thirty to hour and a half minute <laughs> episodes of Sanctified Ish. Hour and a half. Good lord. Hey, we've done it before. We have, but. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to check us out on TikTok, you can at ReaganJones97. You may have to scroll past all of the um, all of the college girl TikToks that are named Reagan, but you'll get there eventually. So check them out uh, at Rots of One Five Seven. You may have to scroll past all of my stupid videos to get to the to the good ones, but they're there, I promise. Um, but check us out over there on TikTok. We would really appreciate it, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Until next time, take care. And God bless. Peace. No, no, no remarks. No funny, th- no funny things. Nothing. I was, go- I big, was going big funny to. Guy. I have to finish the episode. I can't say this on air. <laughs> <laughs>